sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. What a wonderful thing it is to say Friday, live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Feel Good Friday to end out your week to set up what we hope is going to be a very profitable weekend. Let's dive right in because, again, on this Friday morning, because we're playing the fourth and final major championship of the golf calendar over in Scotland at the old course at St. Andrews, we're already underway in round number two of the 150th Open Championship. Following round number one, it was the young guy from here in New York, Cameron Young, who was your round one leader. Eight under par, a first round 64 to be the leader following round one. It was the best debut of any open golfer since the Open Championship moved to 18 holes in the 19th century. Yes, that is how long we have been playing the Open Championship. But now, live on this Friday morning following his second round, Dustin Johnson is now in the lead. Nine under par, a shot ahead of Cam Young, who is now on the course. World number one, Scotty Scheffler, and a trio that also includes live right now at the Open, Terrell Hatton, the Englishman as well. So let's look at where the odds were before we got going just about an hour ago here on the FanDuel Sportsbook and where they stand now. Roy McIlroy will tee off in just a little bit to start his second round at the Open Championship. Had the second best score of yesterday's opening round, a 66, six under par. He is still one of the co-favorites at plus 340, along with the Australian Cam Smith at the moment, who is seven under par, two back of that lead that Dustin Johnson holds. As we scroll down the live odds board, you will find Dustin Johnson with the third best price at 10 to one. DJ even said it after his round. He does not expect to be the leader following 36 holes of action. We got some rain overnight at the old course at St. Andrews, the home of golf. It softened the course just a little bit, which has led to pretty easy conditions right now, certainly into this afternoon wave on a Friday at the Open. I think we can expect some low scores. So that's why you see Rory McIlroy, who is 600 right now, three back of the lead, still as one of the co-favorites on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Cam Young is there at 14 to 1. Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay in the hunt as well. 12 to 1 right now with the latest in live odds as I see them on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Of course, Scotty Scheffler, world number one, just one shot back of DJ. Patrick Cantlay, five under in his round so far today. He is just two back of Dustin Johnson. What that would do for the world of golf and the drama with DJ, who plays as a part of the Live Golf Series winning a major championship at the home of golf a long way we have to get through the weekend to see who will claim that claret jug as the winner and the champion golfer of the year but just the golf drama starting to brew up at ahead here at st andrews the home of golf the most favorite course in the world for one tiger woods but yesterday's opening round for tiger was not great. In fact, it tied his career worst round at the Open Championship at St. Andrews, a 78-6 over par yesterday 
for Eldrick. That career worst that he tied was back in the first time he ever played St. Andrews at the Open back in 1995. Of course, Tiger does not play often anymore, recovering from that leg injury. And it didn't seem that it was the leg injury yesterday. Just hasn't played a lot of golf, certainly not in a major championship venue. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of a Friday on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 1. 59 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well i am ben stevens we are underway with round number two at the 150th open championship at the old course at st andrews tiger on the 14th green as we speak looking to build some positive momentum tiger currently at seven over after shooting an opening round 78 that was six over par only seven golfers in the field currently worse than where tiger stands he started with a double bogey yesterday on his opening hole actually was even par in his last 11 holes but just not the opening round that he needed at st andrews and right now with the projected cut at two under par given how easy st andrews is playing it does not seem that tiger will make a move strong enough to make the weekend these were the odds before the tournament got underway for tiger woods to make the cut as you can see was favored to do so to at least see Saturday at St. Andrews minus 134 but if you faded Eldrick you're feeling pretty good right now with that plus money price so we mentioned Rory McIlroy off in just under an hour at St. Andrews for his opening or his second round rather after the opening round sitting two shots back of our leader Cameron Young Rory McIlroy was the favorite at plus 340 he remains one of the co-favorites live right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook even sitting three shot backs of our current leader Dustin Johnson but you see Scotty Scheffler there at plus 750 Cam Smith who is two shots back right now both both plus 750 and Scotty only one shot back the world number one he is now 10 to 1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook and Cam Young your round one leader was plus 900 the fourth best price after round one yesterday now hovering around that 12 to 1 14 to 1 number live on the FanDuel Sportsbook so that is what happening at St. Andrews at the Open Championship but plenty more to get to in this show on a Friday on the morning after coming up our good pal OK Dubs will join the show tons of NBA discussions to be had because finally we see a move in this NBA offseason DeAndre Ayton remains a Phoenix Suns. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Stay with us right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's a Friday. That's pretty good. OK Dubs, Kevin Walsh is here. That's pretty great. On a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Finally, Kevin, some NBA offseason actual movement happened. DeAndre Ayton offered a max contract sheet from the Indiana Pacers. Four years, $133 million. Ayton to Indy. Not so fast, say the Phoenix Suns. They match that contract offer, and DeAndre Ayton now will remain in the Valley. Plenty to discuss from all the angles that we will attack this from, but K-Dubs, thank you for being here on this Friday. Oh, pumped to be here, my man. I, obviously, Tuesday, a couple things got in the way. 
I also then I, I, I took off a Tuesday prior to that. So long overdue to provide some extra tank. So Kev, let's start with the timeline of yesterday because Thursday afternoon comes. We're waiting for this DeAndre Ayton news to finally drop. He had met with the Indiana Pacers. It seemed they were very close to offering him this contract sheet that if he signed with Indiana, Phoenix would have 48 hours to match that max contract. So Thursday afternoon comes. Finally, it happens. A four-year, $133 million offer sheet goes to Ayton. He signs it. And at that time, we saw some movement on Indiana. So, Kev, as you're paying attention to this timeline, the Pacers' odds jump drastically in the Eastern Conference to 65-1, to 1, right around the 10th best price. And their odds to win a title, 200-1. to 1. Refresh it. Look at where Indiana is right now. Tied for the longest odds in the East at 240 to 1. Tied for the longest odds to win an NBA championship next season at 500 to 1. Why? Because Phoenix did not take 48 hours, Kevin. They matched that contract offer yesterday, which means DeAndre Ayton will remain a member of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, there's a lot there. First of all, uh, is Ayton's family booking the FanDuel Sportsbook there? I mean, that is quite the bump. <laughs> For DeAndre yep. Ayton, maybe maybe a little a little too much. You love this move from the Suns after they pay Ayton. Pff, always our plan, never a doubt in our mind. Hey, not true, and you don't need to say it, right? Yep. You can text DeAndre Ayton that if you want. You don't need to ask Shams to tweet it out, though. We know that's not the case, but it is what it is. The interesting thing, though, for Phoenix is going the route that they did allowed them to pay Ayton less than the maximum number the Suns could have offered. And that's yeah. why it is very reasonable. There's a lot of different avenues that come from this, and I know we'll touch all of them. But one thing that will not be overlooked, at least by me, is the relationship between Aiton and the Suns. Just understand, there is nothing about this contract that says they are on good terms. He did not say, I want to be back in Phoenix. He signed a deal with Indiana to leave Phoenix. But because of restricted free agency, that right is taken away from him. The Suns went about this so they could pay him less than they ultimately could have had they wanted to top out on DeAndre Ayton. Oh, and by the way, Ayton and Monty Williams actively seem to dislike one another. Ayton is back in Phoenix. I'm not sure that's good for any of the parties involved. It's a great point, Kev, because Shams did tweet that yesterday. This was always the plan. Phoenix wants to remain a contender in the Western Conference to pair their young big man alongside the all-star and Devin Booker and the NBA veteran, the point god himself, Chris Paul. But was that always the plan? Phoenix declined to offer DeAndre Ayton the max contract last offseason. And throughout this postseason run, when things got a little bit hot for the Suns, it was DeAndre Ayton who was put out there almost as a scapegoat by his own head coach in Monty Williams. So I agree with Kev. I'm not sure that although we arrived at this destination, it was one that either side really was looking all that forward to. But so many implications for the Phoenix Suns. We'll start, Kevin, what it means for the rest of the NBA before looking at the Western Conference odds because Phoenix, a slight bump in their number following bringing DeAndre Ayton back from where we were prior to free agency getting underway. But let's first go to the biggest ripple effect that DeAndre Ayton having that max contract offer sheet 
uh, matched by the Phoenix Suns means for the rest of the NBA. Because when Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, he listed the Suns as his preferred trade destination. There was a thought at the time DeAndre Ayton would be one of the biggest assets in a trade package back to Brooklyn or somewhere else as part of a three-team deal. That cannot happen anymore after Phoenix matches that offer sheet because DeAndre Ayton can't be traded until the earliest January 15th, Kev, and he has a one-year trade clause where he can veto any potential deal. So it seems like Kevin Durant to Phoenix is now off the table. It, at the minimum, is a lot more difficult than it was before. There's some copium running around the Phoenix Suns fan base right now because they, well, hold on, aren't you paying attention, you clown? The Nets never wanted Aiton. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Three-team, they keep saying it needs to be a three-team or a four-team deal. Now, do you yep. think that there's just going to be some tanking teams that walk on in and throw the Nets assets so you can come away with Kevin Durant and these third and fourth teams receive nothing. You're out of your mind. The idea was to potentially move Aiton, recoup assets, and hopefully add that to a Kevin Durant potential package. That is completely off the table now. So if they're going to get a deal done it is very likely going to have to be a one-to-one head-to-head. I don't really know what they're sending out to add a third or fourth team into the mix. So how the Suns acquire Kevin Durant is probably only through one avenue, which is that Kevin Durant has enough power, and I don't know how this would be the case, to 100% force his way to Phoenix. I don't think – I think he's got juice – I think he's got more control than people potentially like to say in this situation. But the juice to say, you'll take McCall Bridges and like it, I don't think that's where we're at right now with Kevin Durant. I would agree, Kev. And we showed you the brief movement on the Indiana Pacers in the Eastern Conference when it seemed that potentially DeAndre Ayton was handed to Indianapolis. Here's some movement on the Brooklyn Nets. 14-1 to before Phoenix matches that offer sheet for Ayton yesterday. Now the Nets plus 950 almost five dollars kevin shaved off that number to win the eastern conference the fifth best price currently that would say to me that the FanDuel sportsbook expects hey kevin durant might be a brooklyn net next season where do you think kd plays his basketball next year it's obviously super tough so right now the nets title odds continue to grow Could Kevin Durant potentially be enough in his head to be like, never mind, I don't want out? Of course. This is a guy that joined the 73-9 and Warriors and then three hours later was like, how did you guys let me do this? The idea that he wouldn't, that like wasn't aware. I think that's, by the way, why KD is on Twitter 24-7. Is clearly he maybe wasn't at the time and didn't understand what the reaction would be. So now he's always trying to figure out what the reaction is going to be. But if Kevin Durant is going to hold firm, I do think the Nets have to move him. The clubhouse leader, I think it has to be Toronto for me at this point. I think it Mm. does. I don't think Miami or Phoenix necessarily have the assets. The Raptors are aware of that and are playing an insane level of hardball. I have to respect it to a degree, but I almost think the Raptors, at a moment's notice could call and at least get the Nets 
to say yes. I don't know what Durant would say about moving up north, but I think they have enough sauce to get the Nets to say, okay, we're good. Interesting to compare those two teams because earlier this week, Toronto and Brooklyn were tied for the fifth best odds in the East, both at 14 to one, maybe Kevin Durant going there. I love the clubhouse leader analogy. On the second round Friday, the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews. That's how you know old K-Dubs is bringing a tang even on a fervid Friday. He's here staying with us after the break next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on a fervent Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Kevin Walsh is the inventor of not only Tangy Tuesday, but fervent Friday, although he claims he does not remember using that word as a part of his vocabulary. Kevin, let's go to the Western Conference odds board where we saw some movement yesterday after the Suns matched that offer sheet from the Pacers to retain the services of DeAndre Ayton. Phoenix, before free agency got underway, was at 5-1. to one. Their odds have moved like crazy because KD listed them as his preferred trade destination. They were the favorites to win the NBA championship, the favorites then, of course, in the Western Conference. Now they settle in with the third best price at plus 430. Do you agree quickly here, Kev, with where Phoenix is in this Western Conference odds board? So, ultimately, the deal with the Suns is because I do love that they bring Aiton back and it's like, all right, well, you're now less likely to win the title because of all the Kevin Durant implications here. Right. I guess in terms of being booked third is fine. If Kyrie lands on the Lakers, though, I mean, they're getting right in front of that group. No no doubt about it in my mind. But you also probably could make some level of an argument that the Clippers are more fairy dust than reality. Do they deserve to be in front of the Suns? But then on the right. other end, the Suns were completely embarrassed once again when they had to play a healthy team in the playoffs, which they've only done twice so far in the postseason. And obviously we've seen how that's gone here. So the Suns are such an interesting group. We know that they last year were the best team in the NBA during the regular season, but completely undressed at home by the Mavs in game number seven. So th- honestly, it's fine but I'll tell you this Ben no interest in betting the Phoenix Suns in the futures market right now yeah I would agree with that again although the plan was quotes to bring DeAndre Ayton back at all points I don't think the locker room culture even with Chris Paul having that veteran presence is as good for the Suns as it was following a run to the NBA finals a year ago so we'll see of course the reigning NBA champion the Golden State Warriors the favorites in the West at plus 320 the Lakers have moved up this board we'll discuss that movement in just a moment who has moved down the board in a large way the Utah Jazz 120 to 1 the fifth longest odds to win the Western Conference for the 2022-23 NBA season Rudy Gobert now a member of the T-Wolves and it seems Kevin Donovan Mitchell might be following that suit as well. Maybe his time as a Jazz has come to an end. There were reports, even as late as last night, 
that the Knicks and the Jazz engaged in trade discussions for Donovan Mitchell, that the Jazz offered up a deal that would have sent a ton back to Utah coming from the Knicks. Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, six future first-round picks, just to name a little bit of that massive haul. And it was close, but the Knicks ultimately end up saying no. How realistic, Kev, do you believe it is that Donovan Mitchell plays for the New York Knicks next season? Well, it's way more realistic than he plays for the Utah Jazz. And in fact, I think we are down to two teams. I think it's the Knicks and the Heat here that are in the mix. The Knicks and the Jazz, though, are having maybe my favorite game of leverage I've ever seen. Where the Jazz mm. are like, hey, Donovan didn't request out. We'll run it back. And the Knicks are like, yeah, we're kind of bad anyway. So whatever, dude. Like, we're not giving you six first-round picks. Like, it's just not going to happen here. And in Because the Knicks are not on some wildly aggressive timeline but the Jazz don't want Donovan Mitchell there. And that's become clear. Despite some of the reporting that's come out of Utah, Danny Ainge is blowing it up. That's exactly yep. what I would have been preaching on BATR. Double superstar trades. They executed the Gobert one. It's elevated their own asking price now on Donovan Mitchell. And it's why they're... You have to understand this, folks. The Knicks could have announced Donovan Mitchell was on their basketball team if they wanted to. But they said no to that deal. Think about that. It was the Knicks who declined the deal. My quick read, though, Ben, you know this, obviously, a seasoned vet in the game. When a report comes out, there's purpose. There's a leak. Somebody's trying yep. to get a message across. I think, I think the Jazz might be trying to tell the Miami Heat, hey, listen, we're close. We're close. Let's ante yep. up. Don't be stingy on that last pick swap. Hey, I need Duncan Rob, whatever it might be. I think the Jazz might be sending that message across to Miami that, hey, listen, Okay, they're not going to give us six, but they give us four first-rounders. What are you going to do here, Miami? Because we're going to try and make this move sooner than later. It's a really good point, Kev, because throughout a lot of this NBA offseason so far in these summer months, we've had reporting, but not a lot that has been substantiated of an actual trade offer, naming players, naming future first-rounders, and how many were being offered up in a deal for the Knicks to say no. And maybe because they said no, we're seeing a ton of movement right now in the future market for the NBA here in the middle of July. Yesterday, before the Knicks said no to this deal that apparently was very close, they were 29-1 to to win the East. The ninth best odds, still the ninth best odds, but now they're 32-1. to They were 70-1 to to win the NBA title next year. Now they're 80-1. to So that's how much movement we are seeing. And as these reports start to be floated all around, the odds movement in the marketplace is following that up. All right, back to the Western Conference. Utah, who perennially had a top five best price to win the West, is now the fifth longest number at 120 to 1, like we mentioned. Big sellers, it seems, in this NBA summer. There is a team whose odds have gotten better and better mm. and better, mm. although not mm. much has truly happened for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, plus 650, Kevin Walsh. The fourth best number in the West before free agency began, that price was 12 to 1, nearly cut in half. Why do you think that is, is Kevin? Well, it's because they are the, again, clubhouse leader for Kyrie. <laughs> the only difference is they're the only people on the golf course right now for Kyrie Irving. So, again, if you think the Knicks Jazz are having a fun game of leverage, the Lakers and the Nets are operating on a completely different planet. The Lakers need Kyrie to be considered legitimate title contenders, and they have a chance to bring him in, but are being stingy because the Brooklyn Nets have a player that zero teams other than the Lakers 
want on their roster. What a fact. The Nets are basically like, you need him. Give us two first-rounders. And the Lakers are like, nobody else in the NBA would give you one. How do you figure that's a legitimate asking price so we sit here at a stalemate? The thing is, at some point, if the crown comes over the top and says, get it done now, that because, listen, you know, Ben, you know the less need shirt, blank those picks. I mean, yeah. Le- LeBron might wear a hat, a shirt, a wristband, a pants. He might release, you know, blank those pick sneakers. And by the way, I'll buy a pair. No doubt about yeah, it. Will. They'll be fired. No doubt. Because no doubt. if they bring Kyrie Irving in, they are title contenders to least anybody whose opinion you should take seriously. Go ahead and ask yourself this. You okay. can do it in your own time, folks. LeBron, AD, Kyrie Irving. How many big threes in the NBA are you taking in front of LeBron, AD, and Kyrie Irving? I promise you won't be thinking too long about it. The list isn't very long. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams. I don't, oh. I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> I knew I was going to get yeah. a reaction. So let me oh, ask you this quickly because we got to oh. get – we got to get some thoughts on baseball here, looking at the futures market as well, because it's the weekend futures focus. But very quickly here, ah. Kev, the Lakers, as it stands, the seventh best price to win the NBA championship next season at yeah. 13 to 1. If a deal for Kyrie Irving gets done sometime before the start of next season, where do the Lakers go? So I think they will be inside the top five. I think they jump Miami and Phoenix. I think they should also be in front of the Clippers again. We've, why the, the Clippers are like, oh, they're a great model of health. Makes no sense. It doesn't really compute at all. The Lakers should be top four. They will at least be top five. Though I didn't realize we were in weekend futures focused on my apologies going a little long on the no. NBA. No, no, that's why we have your expertise here on a fervid Friday. I'm actually going to ask you to play odds maker one final time. Match bet. Brooklyn Nets, Los Angeles Lakers. For where Kyrie plays basketball next year, who's the favorite? Uh, you know, it's crazy. The, I mean, it very well could be a minus 110 both directions, right? Ooh, it, I, I like it. I, yeah. would, I yeah. would, though, have to say the Lakers would be the favorite. I'll, I'll make this very quick. The second Kevin Durant is traded, Kyrie Irving will be a Laker. The yep. only way he's not a Laker is if Kevin Durant does run it back in Brooklyn. And there were some reports that Kyrie was intimating that with or without Kevin Durant, he expects to be in Brooklyn next season. We'll see what that actually means. So many moving pieces and components. Now that DeAndre Ayton is remaining in Phoenix and Kevin Durant still wants to be traded, we'll have more throughout this NBA offseason. Now, about a month ago, Kevin Walsh came on these very airwaves, not right here on the morning after, but especially on his show, The Early Line, alongside Donnie uh, Donnie Wrightside. And Kevin said that Aaron Judge deserves to be the favorite to win the American League MVP. You can't even put Shohei Otani up there with Mr. Judge. Well, after a phenomenal few weeks for the man known as Shohei Otani, he is now the betting favorite. Even money, Kev, plus 100 to win the American League MVP, 60 cents ahead of Aaron Judge. Your thoughts? I was right then, and I'm right now. The only difference is that now my opinion is different. Look, at the time, Judge was clearly the MVP. Otani was not having a great season at the dish. And he wasn't, by the way, striking out double-digit batters every time he had the ball. Then Otani went into hyperdrive, turned into one of the five best pitchers in the sport while still being a plus hitter at the plate, and Judge is batting under 200 over his last month of baseball. I'm not a maniac, despite what people try and paint me as. Otani is going insane, and Judge is falling back. 
Otani should yep. be the MVP favorite, despite the fact that the Angels are a disgrace to baseball and should trade mm. Otani and Mike mm. Trout and stop wasting mm. everybody's time. The Angels now 12 games below 500, 39 That's and 51 straight up, following another loss to the Houston Astros last night in Anaheim in extra innings. We'll go to the futures, and we're talking college football futures from a quarterback perspective up next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Today is a Friday in the middle of July. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on Sports Grid. There may be a time coming up this fall that on Saturday mornings, Kevin Walsh and myself, Ben Stevens, are with you on college football Saturdays, previewing the day's slate. We await and see. But we're going to do that right here, right now, on this Friday on TMA. From a quarterback perspective, because there's been a lot of conversation the last few days in college football Who's the best quarterback in the country? Some might tell you it's the reigning Heisman winner in Bryce Young. I would probably argue it's Ohio State's quarterback, C.J. Stroud. We'll have to get Kevin Walsh's thoughts on the subject matter right now because C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and a guy I think Kevin's going to highlight, Caleb Williams, who now plays for USC, the three best odds to win a Heisman Trophy and all relatively short numbers when compared to the rest of the field. Stroud, the betting favorite plus 200 Bryce Young the reigning Heisman winner the second best price at plus 400 there's Caleb Williams moving up the market continuously now at plus 600 but Kev those eight best odds that you see on this board all play quarterback so we dive into the QB conversation for college football in 2022 right now there are so many fun names on this board that is the one thing i think about this college football season i truth like last year's college football season buttons up and you start to think about all of the guys are going to continue to be in the mix the first of all the two best quarterbacks in college football last year in young and stroud return ou is sending quarterbacks left right and center plus bringing dylan gabriel in and there is the one name i have to just bring up here quickly because i talked about this actually a little on Moneyline, believe it or not, little college football mm. inspiration because of uh, Ben's fantastic radio show that precedes us. And we were talking Heisman odds, not from a I need a piece, but what do you expect from DJU? You have, like, I don't no. know if people. No. Rem- whoa, 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 whoa. Do it. You want me to, what, you want me to say the name? S- say his last Uwe name. Uwe Say That's there the best. Well, Uwe Ungalele. Very well done. Am I right? That was pretty good. Uwe Ungalele, but yes, very good. Very good. Listen, here's a, can I go DJU from now on? I mean, yes, that was good. I just wanted you to do it one time. time. Wanted no you to problem. do it one time. You did it. And now it's like you write next in the paper. You just refer to him as DJU. Well done. Go ahead. Yes. Beautiful. All right. Here is the thing on DJU, right? Is that he coming out of high school had at minimum as much hype as Trevor Lawrence, Trevor yep. Lawrence at Clemson, phenomenal yep. Watson at Clemson, phenomenal DJU steps in for Trevor Lawrence on the road at Notre Dame. Yeah, come get this work. I'm going to be as good as everybody thinks. Checks in as their starter last season. First game against Georgia, it's a nightmare. But we all think, hey, it's Georgia. That defense is otherworldly. Win a national championship. No problem. 
you I don't know if you remember this, Ben. He had nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions last year as the starting quarterback at Clemson in the Mm -hmm. ACC, and yet checks in top five Heisman odds coming into this season. One of the most impossible guys for me early season to get a read on because, again, his highest moment came against my Fighting Irish, and all the flashes were there. But then you put Matt one game up against a full body of work, and I'm not sure he's even good at the at the position. Kev, we just showed you those odds for the four best prices to win the ACC championship and the quarterbacks of those four teams. You mm. see DJ Uyunglele right there as the betting favorite, the odds-on favorite Clemson Tigers to win an ACC title for the seventh time in the last eight years. It's minus 140. That's Clemson's price as a team. But... For DJU to have the fourth best number or tied for the fourth best number on the FanDuel Sportsbook alongside Tyler Van Dyke, the starter for Miami at quarterback at 30 to 1, is so interesting. Why? DJ Uyungongalele might not be the starting quarterback for Clemson by the time we get to week number one or week two or week three. Cade Klubnik is another guy in there, a freshman, the number one overall recruit or excuse me, quarterback recruit in the 2022 class, a five-star stud that Dabo Sweeney also is a big fan of. And DJ Uyungongalele last year, Kev, had the second best price in the preseason to win the Heisman Trophy at plus 500. Nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions, as Kevin relayed earlier. Four straight games to end out the year with at least one interception through a pick in six of Clemson's final seven games and they still managed to win six straight to get to double-digit victories, 10 by the time all was said and done in 2021. What might be the redeeming quality for either DJU or Kate Klubnik this upcoming season is going to be how good Clemson's defense is going to be. If they're not the top-scoring defense in the country this upcoming season, I would be surprised. But again, DJ might not even be the starter in Clemson, South Carolina by the time we get to the 2022 college football season. And media day is going all around the country right now. Big 12 media day is finishing up just yesterday, Kevin. A player that was in the Big 12 a season ago now finds his way to Southern California to be the starting QB for the Trojans. Your guy, Caleb Williams, plus 600. Two weeks ago, Caleb Williams was 10 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy. A week and a half ago, Caleb Williams was plus 800. Now... Six to one, only four dollars behind CJ Stroud, and only two dollars behind Bryce Young. This board here features not only the top three in the Heisman odds, but their team's prices to win a college football playoff national championship. CJ Stroud and the Buckeyes, the second best price, three to one. Bryce Young and Alabama, the favorites at plus 180. And not just because of Caleb Williams, but USC continues to get love in the offseason odds, the fifth best number to win a national championship at 20 to 1 for a team that was 4 and 8, both straight up and against the spread a season ago. Kevin, give me your temperature on USC and Caleb Williams entering 2022. I'm trying to remain calm, but as we get closer, it is going to become that much more difficult. Caleb Williams, mm. for those that remember, the comeback against the Longhorns. And right then and there, people are talking Heisman. At the minimum, I certainly was. <laughs> Follows that up, four touchdowns, no picks against TCU, one on the ground. The electricity is there. 
goes to Lawrence and a gutsy second-half performance <laughs> like few will be able to replicate throughout a collegiate career. And what he did against Texas 38-and-a-half-point favorites, by the way. Just want to say, but go ahead. And a, and a win, and a win, and a win on the board. Texas Tech, they go out there, and he's dominant as well. And then yep. it feels like it just kind of fell apart, right? But the thing is, is it's not exactly the full story. Three touchdowns, no picks against Oklahoma State. A defense that, by the way, was fantastic for the most part of that season. And against Oregon, yep. three touchdowns, no picks as well. Still with Lincoln Riley, another year with Lincoln Riley, who's dominated the transfer portal the entire yep. way. How do you not feel like Caleb Williams now with a full season has absolute sauce? Because here is the one thing I would say about Caleb. You tell me if you disagree compared to his two contemporaries you have there on the list in Stroud and Bryce Young. He will put up significantly bigger numbers in the rushing column compared to Young and okay. Stroud, and we know how valuable that can be in a Heisman race. I thought you were going to say just significantly bigger numbers, and I was going to have a field day with you because what Ohio State is going to put up offensively in 2022 is going to be ridiculous. I have already said... If the Buckeyes are not a top five scoring offense in the country, averaging better than 38 points per game in 2022, and I think that's the bare minimum, I will be shocked, and Kevin can come up with some bet that I need to do if Ohio State does not average better than 38 points per game. To Kevin's point about why USC is getting all this optimism and love in the offseason marketplace, it's not just Caleb Williams. It's not just Lincoln Riley there now for USC. It is a complete gut renovation of that roster and the tools that Caleb Williams has at his disposal offensively Travis Dye the running back from Oregon transfers within the conference he will now line up next to Caleb Williams in that backfield for USC and oh yeah Jordan Addison the Bolitnikoff award winner for the best wideout in the country a season ago transfers from Pitt to USC where he will catch passes from Caleb Williams that's the optimism I'm not buying in yet I have to see it to thus believe it but I do understand slightly a little bit of what Kevin is bringing here. Keep that lid on for just right now. Maybe let's try to find some value then, Kev, because, again, those are short numbers before this season gets underway. Stroud at plus 200. Bryce Young at plus 400. Even Caleb Williams mm -hmm. at plus 600. Every other price on the board is 30 to 1 or greater. So maybe Quinn Ewers, the starting quarterback to be for Texas, has some value at plus 4,000. A guy that I know Kevin really wants to highlight here, Anthony Richardson, the starter for Florida, 60 to 1. Or how about the preseason Heisman favorite last year for Oklahoma and mm. Lincoln Riley, Spencer Rattler, who was plus 350 before 2021 got started, is now 80 to 1. He transfers to South Carolina, where he will be the quarterback for Shane Beamer and an exciting potentially. Gamecocks team so Kevin when you think of value in the Heisman Trophy marketplace who are a couple of quarterbacks that catch your eye so uh, you know I'm scouring the the web I'm looking for various opinions out there because you want to make sure that you're taking in as much knowledge as possible understanding other sides and there's an interesting list out there they have no names that was telling me that one Spencer <laughs> Rattler might just be a top three quarterback in this sport. Maybe even better yeah. than the Heisman favorite. Now, yeah. that obviously yeah. feels, to put it nicely, ridiculous. Yep. But Rattler does fascinate me. 
as I'm sure he does a lot of people. Because somewhat comparable to DJU, he has all the sauce in the world leaving the high school game heading into college. And going yep. to Oklahoma as a quarterback is what, a rite of passage to win the Heisman Trophy Award is how we started to kind of feel about things. Rattler, yep. I don't feel like, I feel like Caleb Williams in his shorter tenure flashed more than Rattler really ever did to me during his time in Norman. I remember when Rattler was getting booed because they had to come in to convert a two-point conversion. I mean, he's just it just never really worked. And yep. I'm just so curious, what could Rattler do, if anything, now playing for South Carolina to legitimately yeah. enter this conversation? Like, Rattler feels like a name that we will follow each and every week and be, you know, fascinated by his player props and his final statistics. But actually in this conversation, a long shot for a reason, Ben. Yeah. Certainly so. And again, Kevin, we made this point when we correlated capped the Heisman Trophy market earlier this week. In the last decade, only Lamar Jackson was really the only winner of the Heisman Trophy to be such a statistical anomaly that his team did not have that correlated success of winning a conference mm. championship or playing at least in the college football playoff or at the very least being a national champion. So when you see South Carolina right now at 40 to 1 to win their own division in the SEC East where Georgia is a minus 550 heavy substantial odds on favorite. Yes, the 80 to 1 price on Spencer Rattler is going to be fun to follow, but it's probably not a good bet at the moment. This all follows a 2021 season that Spencer Rattler started the first six games for Oklahoma, benched in the second half against Texas, which leads to the Caleb Williams era in Norman for a short bit, but now in Southern California. We round out the opening hour. One final segment with old K-Dubs on this Friday. Up next in the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out the first hour of the morning after live on this Friday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 1. 59 all across the sports grid network as well kevin walsh has been here for most of this opening hour i am ben stevens and before ok dubs heads into his weekend we get some final thoughts on kevin durant kd requested a trade now three weeks ago from the brooklyn nets and nothing really has happened but with deandre ayton having his offer sheet matched by the suns that was offered to him by the pacers he will remain in Phoenix, which was KD's preferred trade destination. So what does that mean for Kevin Durant, and where will he play next NBA season? We asked you that very question in Fade the Public. A simple question, Kev. Where will Kevin Durant play next year? The Nets, the Raptors, the Heat, and other. And right now, most of the public in this poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter 41% in fact saying Kevin Durant will remain in Brooklyn for the 2022-23 NBA campaign, other being the second most selected option. What do you think, Kev, what the public has to say about Kevin Durant's home next season? 
So, look, I'm certainly fading the idea that he is going to return back to Brooklyn. I just don't think there's – I don't think you're going to put this back in the box. I think the – you know, you're going to have to move forward with this. I will yeah. say other feels like a semi-cop-out, but I just clicked it on the poll as well. <laughs> but also, if there's enough time, someone go wake up the rage up north and make him retweet this and watch this finish with about 75% Raptors on this poll I don't think he's waking up for at least another four hours but that's just my guess you said you hit other Kevin what is that other team to be honest with you I don't know it's just other pal that's why it said other <laughs> that's why it's a cop out I don't know before I told you the Raptors the made man, sense, I have no the clue. man who came up with fervent Friday says I don't know on the final question on this fervent Friday Well, Kevin will have more thoughts on betting above the rim on Sunday. We come back for hour two next.